Welcome, weary travelers, to the third annual Shockphobia Fest in the year of our Dark Lord 2021. Tis I, your host, the ever amoral, the ever spine-chilling Spider Dan, giving you forewarning for ye who listen here, this particular recording took place last Hallow's Eve in the year that dare not speak its name, where it became lost to time, until recently unearthed. So, if this recording is aged poorly, that is where the true horror begins. <laughs> Welcome to Brattle World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Shockphobia Fest, a month-long celebration of all Hallow's Eve's most frightening films and comic spooks. Right, welcome back, guys, and happy Halloween to everybody out there. Hope you're having a good one, enjoying some spooky films and freaky, freaky fun, <laughs> whatever that may be. Um, but it's great to be back. Um, we're here with another themed season, carrying it on again with another entry. This time I'm running solo, um, and I'm going to list my top favourite jack-o'-lantern characters. So this isn't just, you know, pumpkins that have come alive or uh, things like that. These are people or beings that have visual design. They basically have a pumpkin or gourd or whatever you want to call it as as a head. Um, and this kind of comes from kind of way back when, where kind of Hallow's Eve was, you know, the the festival of uh, Sarwain or Sahain. I'm not sure how you pronounce it or not. I know it's not Samhain, but that's how it's spelt. Uh, Sawain. Sawain. Anyway, um, so we're going to celebrate those kind of characters. So I've kind of avoided any kind of uh, scarecrow characters because sometimes those kind of come within the same kind of they all, they're almost labelled very similarly, but I might do that next year, possibly, and look at some Scarecrow characters. But the, the legend that it comes from mostly is a tale and a myth. I mean, the whole Halloween kind of tradition and festival comes from Irish myth and Irish folklore, kind of celebrating the the uh, the time of the year, slowly starting to get a bit 
darker and nights grow longer and uh, and to be a bit more kind of cautious uh, during the kind of night time but to kind of uh, celebrate there's various kind of you know traditions and folklore around it so and various different tales so I'd, I'd like to talk about first before I get started I want to talk about the legend of Stingy Jack so obviously there's various different with most legends and myths um, especially stuff like Greek myths there's various changes and various kind of different versions of them that have appeared over time so so this is kind of just a kind of a brief uh, kind of overview of that one legend but according to legend Stingy Jack was a miserly drunken and thoroughly unpleasant old man who lived in Ireland long ago. Jack is said to have met and gotten the better of the devil twice during his lifetime. On the first occasion, he made the devil promise to leave him alone for seven years. On the second occasion, Jack made the devil promise never to take his soul. When Jack eventually died, he was not allowed into heaven because of his wickedness. Desperate for somewhere to stay, Jack went down to hell. However, the devil reminded Jack of his promise never to take his soul, telling Jack to go back where he came from, effectively to become a wandering ghost. Jack protested and it was nighttime on earth and he would not be able to see where he was going. The devil tossed him a lump of coal from the fires of hell. Jack put it into a turnip that he had been eating, making the world's first jack-o'-lantern. Ever since that day, Jack's spirit has been travelling the world using his jack-o'-lantern to light his way, always looking for a place to stay, but never finding one. You can basically look it up and see the kind of differences and the various uh, details. But that's basically the story to kind of sum it up in a short kind of form. And that's kind of where we kind of get this legend and we kind of get the the image of someone having a jack-o'-lantern, a pumpkin for a head. Um, for example, I think the more kind of fame, most kind of famous version of this is the legend of Sleepy Hollow, where often uh, the headless horseman is depicted instead of having Having a head to have a kind of flaming jack-o'-lantern, a flaming pumpkin head as such and uh, in, in replace. I think the Disney version kind of, uh, he has that as well. He has the kind of flaming pumpkin to kind of showcase, uh, kind of gives him gives him the, the, I mean the absence of the head is scary but I think adding that kind of flaming pumpkin design has always been quite iconic, has been used in various kind of media that we're going to kind of talk about. The to be on this list, what I've decided is the the requirement at the very least is that in some form these characters must have the visage of a pumpkin as a pumpkin forehead, be it a mask, be it that their face kind of resembles a pumpkin, or they have a literal pumpkin head. So without further ado, let's get going. So my very first inclusion in my top five is going to be a character called. Ichabod Clay, obviously based on Ichabod Crane. So this uh, this character is from the video game series Clay Fighter. Now, if you're not familiar with Clay Fighter, it was kind of a parody video game, parodied in the most popular kind of video games at that time, like Street Fighter, uh, Mortal Kombat, those type of things. Um, also made fun of kind of popular movies as well. For the first sequel, they called it C2 Judgment Clay, um, and that was after um, after the Terminator franchise and their sequel. Um, but all these characters were made out of clay and were actually 
uh, animated in the stop motion style, uh, much like the Ardman Studios or the Ardman animation, kind of very much like kind of Wallace and Gromit or you know Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas, um, that kind of thing. So so yeah, and um, the the premise, the kind of story behind Clay Fighter in the series of games was that a mysterious clay meteorite came and and it hit an amusement park and brought all the kind of various kind of characters and and attractions to life at this abandoned amusement park so you had like a uh, there was a character called Taffy who is like the the Taffy machine brought to life bad Mr Frosty which kind of the the Christmas costumes and things like that within the amusement park itself but yeah very simple premise but um the games were really quite funny and there was a lot of humor involved my favorite out of the bunch of the characters was Icky Bod Clay, and he kind of reminds me a little bit like Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. It's that kind of character. I know uh, I'm not including Jack Skellington on this list because he is the Pumpkin King, but he has a skeletal head. So uh, also not going to include Pumpkin Head, which is a you know very famous horror franchise, but the character does not have a pumpkin for a head, even if it does resemble that. But yeah, he was a really interesting character. Very kind of he's almost like a ghost and I, I believe that the clay meteor kind of um kind of opened a portal somewhat for that character to go through and to go into the the real world and to kind of try and take over this amusement park where all these other characters that came to like are kind of fighting for supremacy to take over this amusement park can't remember what it was called but there you go Ichibod clay is very much he's all about scaring people um very halloween themed that's all he wants to do is scare and uh, just strike fear into the hearts of of everything living or every clay creation um, out of this video game. But I used to really love these as a kid. These games they were really fun and and they were an, I think they were a, a way for for kids to have basically have a video game that wasn't as violent um that the you know these non-human characters they they literally can't you know even if they were killed they're not really human um so you can tear them apart and destroy them there was a clown thing called bunkers and there was a blob which was just a lump of clay and it could do like all sorts of things loads of different weird and wacky characters in there various different games and various different kind of newer characters would would come into them but there was some he had some really interesting kind of powers as well Ichibod clay um he's got this kind of again he's kind of this spectral being the spooky being um he could teleport he could throw kind of flaming fireballs he could throw his own head as a kind of projectile weapon and he also um he also had um obviously making fun of the street fighter franchise he had the uh boo hooken which is obviously a uh, take on the hadouken uh uppercut from the street fighter games so quite a very bad pun but you could also conjure bats as well which is pretty cool um so very kind of halloween themed or a spooky kind of character um you could, I, i'm pretty sure you can get you know a version of these on kind of an emulator you could download them um if you want to play them again but i really enjoyed these games they were a kind of a kind of a fun thing to play on the snares or the mega drive back in the day i'm really showing my age now um but i do recommend uh 
the Clay Fighter series and Ichibod Clay as a character. So moving on to the next one. I wanted to have at least one kind of friendly character in this. Uh, and I wanted to include a film that was kind of... Because this is what the the kind of this my season is all about. This season is about kind of Halloween movies, even if they're not necessarily scary, but are they set at Halloween, even ever so slightly? Um, and I have to include Jack Pumpkinhead from the movie Return to Oz and the and the series of Oz books as well. Um, so this is this is set on Halloween. It's a very brief mention, but it is set just a little bit before or during Halloween. Um, it's not very clear how long how much time has passed but um when when dorothy i mean this is a dark movie as well i rewatched this on disney plus recently and it is a freaky freaky movie it starts off you know she's she's keeps talking about oz and the amazing friends she made in oz and you know she go she's uh all her family thinks she's insane i think think she's crazy they're they're paying for her to go off to this mental institution where they're gonna basically um electroshock all these you know weird memories and and feelings out of her and her friend in the in the asylum brings in a pumpkin and says oh it's halloween soon here you go um and she's all, all right very good but yeah it's a pretty pretty messed up movie um especially for a kids film uh but i i really enjoy it i've got some i i watched it when i was a kid um and i have some very fond memories and i posted it on facebook and everyone seems to have a lot of fond memories of this movie even if it did scar the them. But I think kids kind of gravitate to darker, more adult, you know, storytelling. Uh, I think they always have because it's kind of like, oh, ah, you know, it's maybe this is a bit too old for me, but I'm still going to watch it and enjoy it. I know I was the same as a kid, so. But yeah, this character is like a. He's the, probably the most what the the character that's most like a scarecrow in this list. Kind of kind of tried to get away with that, but I I wanted at least one kind of positive and you know a good a good representation of all these pumpkin people. Um. So yeah. So so he's a he kind of a sweet sensitive scarecrow. He wasn't alive prior, but he was he was brought to life, built by in the in the film anyway. I know it differs in the book. In the film, he's built by Ozma, the true ruler of Oz, um, in an attempt to scare off the evil princess. Mombi, but then it doesn't quite work, it doesn't quite go to plan but then Princess Mombi wants to experiment and has this life-giving powder and sprinkles it all over Jack um, and brings him to life um, you know, he's, he is basically a set of kind of twigs and branches and things and he, his pumpkin head um, has to be changed, I don't know how you would change that or how you how he puts his intelligence from one pumpkin head into another, but his intelligence uh, and his, you know his, his consciousness, whatever the rules of that is, I'm not entirely sure, I'm not very familiar with the set of books but I do find them quite interesting the adaptations um, a very popular character been adapted several times in cartoons and comic books Marvel comic books you name it um, I know his intelligence does vary depending on how many seeds are in the pumpkin at any given time or how rotten those seeds are but those are the rules that you know frank l Baum came up with so we've got to we just got to roll with them but i do like him he does have this kind of c3po rtd2 type relationship with tiktok who's very kind of you know standoffish almost quite military and uh very go get them and and jack's a bit more like mm, well not really i'm not sure i'm quite you know quite sensitive about about everything he's so sensitive that he's lost his mom and, and Dorothy comes along and he goes well I'm going to call you my mum as well which is kind of a little creepy but I kind of get it because 
Ozma was also a little girl when she created him, so it's not like. But it's still a bit. It's still a bit weird. It's a bit weird. But it doesn't seem to have any kind of special abilities or anything that interesting going on. I think he's. I mean, he's just alive. I, I have personally. I have a theory about Return to Oz that I think Dorothy is still in the mental institution and in the mental asylum. Uh, she has undergone the shock therapy, and then she's been. It's broken her, and then she's gone and been put down with the rest of the other broken people within within the asylum because you can hear them screaming and the reference to while the while in the asylum and i think all the characters she encounters that are broken or have their own mental impairments and things like that all the characters throughout the film i think are the broken people within the asylum so that's that's my fan theory and you know it has as much length as any and you know as much grounding as any fan fan theory but that's uh that's how i like to see it because in you know obviously in the first film it's very much like is it a dream isn't it a dream could it have been a dream you know all that sort of stuff but yeah it's great great character and he becomes very integral at the end of the film because he is almost responsible somewhat for for vanquish vanquishing the the gnome king so yeah so very interesting uh turn of events but i won't spoil it very very interesting character very unique character very soft uh, very simple character but he is lovable and he, you do kind of get behind him uh and you want to see you know it all turn all out all right for him uh without any kind of issues and stuff so yeah absolutely kind of recommend jack Pumpkinhead. i it almost almost like when i started compiling this it was almost a definite inclusion of this list so yeah moving on so marvel have had uh, a set of characters called uh the jack jack o'lantern or jack o'lantern characters for kind of very similar to the green goblin hobgoblin type characters and there's a lot of them there's been a lot of them um so i, I wanted to choose at least one specific one all of the all of the different ones. For example, there's one where... Um, I mean, they're all great in their own way. All very unique. There's one where uh, there was one of the jack-o'-lanterns who died and was resurrected after Satan's soul had been split 666 times. And one of those segments had gone into the body of the jack-o'-lantern who had died in the Civil War and was brought back and became an enemy of the Ghost Rider, which was a really cool storyline. Um, there's Mad Jack, a uh, female jack-o'-lantern who was impersonating kind of Mysterio and Mysterio ghost at the time or also probably one of my favorites as well was uh the crime masters jack o'lantern who is an evil son of a bitch um and he became the arch villain of agent venom um if you're familiar with that series as flash thompson as venom uh great series great villain as well um highly recommend that um but i'm gonna go with the original jack o'lantern who is uh, jason mackendale um and he also went on to become one of the longest running hobgoblins in the spider-man mythos um, he was trained by the U.S. Marines, hired by the CIA, who let him go after his methods were proved to be uh, too ruthless and brutal. So then he decided to go out on his own, and the and the way to kind of promote himself to market himself was to come up with a kind of an eye-catching name and an eye-catching costume. That's why he created the Jack-O-Lantern identity. Again, very similar to the Hobgoblin. He has these kind of um, stylized grenades. He has, you know, a pumpkin foray head. And he also has this, what they what he calls a pogo platform, um, which can hover and kind of fly, but it also 
so it can bounce around uh, and they can kind of control the bouncing and it, it's pretty devastating weapon and can disorientate kind of the his enemies like Spider-Man and so on but yeah it's kind of a unique but he is I mean I, I can see why he never the character never really took off so well because he always kind of was sort of a rip-off of the Green Goblin or sort of a rip-off of, you know, Hobgoblin, any any of the various goblins that had been, you know, it's very, very similar. But um, but I, I like him and I've, I've kind of always had a kind of soft spot for him. But, I mean, again, like, he's pretty skilled and I'd, I'd argue that he was more successful as the Jackaline than he would be uh, as the Hobgoblin. But he, he's an interesting character. I mean, he's already a kind of Olympic-level athlete and you have to be to kind of keep up with all the different kind of superheroes um, with throughout the Marvel Universe. If you're not super-powered, you at least have to be you know peak physical human condition to keep up with anybody but he is ever ever the opportunist like any opportunity to make some money to get some better weapons to to advance himself in the kind of kind of mercenary world um he will take it i have to talk about the mask as well because the mask is probably the most iconic now when i was a kid for some reason i always thought it was that the flames from his mask were holographic turns out no they are the real flames so he has small jets kind of around the base of the mask and they're kind of uh, a, a flame they let out flame but it's kind of a less dense uh, and a lower level kind of temperature flame like kind of like a stage flame so it's not it's not one that will burn you but that kind of comes out and that's a real so it there, it does produce that but it also has its own um it's got telescopic vision infrared um it's also got its own kind of um air supply as well because it would it would need to because of the flames but yeah it's a fantastic design fantastic character but he is, like I said, he is ever the opportunist. When the when he found out who he he believed at the time to be the original hobgoblin, he hired uh, a group, um, well, an international criminal known as the Foreigner, to kill Ned Leeds, who it turns out wasn't the original hobgoblin. As we find out many years later in the miniseries Hobgoblin Lives, highly recommend that as well. Going along with the kind of origin of the hobgoblin those two kind of collections are really really strong and i do recommend them um it kind of sort of tells the whole story in the best kind of possible way and kind of uh, closes off that kind of original tale as well and introducing the mystery of the hobgoblin he finds out um that has him killed so so he doesn't even do the dirty himself you know because he's he's that much of an opportunity he's like well just hire somebody else to do it and then he adopts the hobgoblin kind of moniker, the technology. The, I mean, he's he basically got the gear already, um, but he takes everything he has and becomes the new hobgoblin, which is, at this point, I think he's the fourth or third hobgoblin? Fourth, I'd say, yeah. So he's technically the fourth hobgoblin at this point already. It's it's it gets kind of confusing with the old uh, hobgoblins, but I do uh, I do recommend it. Even later on, though, he still is desperate to be better to improve on himself. He actually makes a deal with a a demon during the Inferno crossover, the demon called Nastir, um, and he actually is becomes starts becoming like a demon becomes almost like a real goblin himself and is hideous he doesn't have to wear a mask anymore because he already has this big tongue and these these sharp teeth and he would later be separated from his this demonic possession and this character would take on his own his own identity his own life as the demo goblin he's kind of this god worshipping demon which is a very bizarre kind of character but i kind of i kind of dug him he's got a very 90s design as well was involved in the maximum carnage crossover 
uh, some lots of great stuff. Um, but yeah, I would argue that he was more kind of successful as Jack O'Lantern against Machine Man, Silver Sable, Spider Man. But then he kind of became the perennial loser, Green Goblin. He kind of just, be- uh, sorry, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, and kind of just he just all would always play second fiddle to those kind of previous hobgoblins even the original especially you know he's always the pretender to the fir- the throne and when he kind of he got locked up at one point and then the original hobgoblin who had been in hiding since he made ned leeds the hobgoblin he then killed Macadel for being such a kind of henchman loser, you know, ruining the Hobgoblin name. He killed him. So there you go. And that is the kind of end of, of his story. But um, I, I did like the character and I enjoy his his kind of his run and his kind of, you know, being being the pretender to the throne of the Hobgoblin. Um, but I did I did always kind of enjoy that character and enjoy the look. I always had, also had like a an action figure. So probably I probably had a bit of a, a soft spot for it there as well so yeah um, moving on Sawain or Samhain or however you want to pronounce it uh, from the real Ghostbusters cartoon so so the episode he was introduced in was what if Halloween was forever now this was written by creator of Babylon 5 the Spider-Man comic scribe and the Thor movie screenwriter, J. Michael Straczynski. Um, so this episode introduced the character, and he was genuinely more one of the more creepy, powerful, and memorable antagonists the real Ghostbusters ever had, uh, along with the Sandman and the Boogeyman. And I believe that they were all created by J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, and they would give kids nightmares, uh, ruin them. Uh, again, kind of like Return to Oz, quite kind of dark and disturbing. But again, made for some better episodes. So, um, Salwain is a spirit that encapsulates and is the personification of Halloween. And his plan is to slow time and cover the entire world in eternal night, making Halloween last forever. Um, So he sees all the kind of ghosts and demons and other creatures that he conjures up as his children. You know, established ghosts like Slimer as well, he considers them a creature of the night, and his kind of, his bidding, he wants them to do his bidding, because they're his kind of slaves or, or children, if you want. But yes, and he basically throughout the episode is is trying to consolidate his power and I, th- I think if it gets to midnight on Halloween that the 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 change will be permanent um, but his only weakness is is uh, is is light so obviously uh, the ghostbusters use that to their advantage to kind of end his reign as the kind of king of Halloween, if you will, uh, a pumpkin king in his own right. But he's he's an interesting character. He's got great designs. He's got these long, freaky arms and fingers and this kind of brown or purple cloak, uh, depending on the the artist's interpretation. But yeah, and he's, he's also got these really weird teeth, these kind of big kind of large kind of exposed mouth and these big kind of horrible skull-like teeth but yeah I, I, I love him I think he's fantastic um a really really interesting character so definitely uh definitely give him uh give him a look I think you can find the episode on YouTube or I think it was on they were on Netflix for a little while I remember I'm not sure if they're still there the episodes but uh give him a look even if it's just an image search he's pretty darn cool um he also turned up um in I mean he's very popular so much so 
Um, he's turned up in various media for the Ghostbusters, so comic books, IDW comic books, um, comics, toys. Uh, I think he's in the introduction to the Extreme Ghostbusters, though he didn't. Don't think he made an appearance um, in them. Um, also, he was a um, he was part of a Halloween event on the Ghostbusters World mobile game, which was kind of a little bit like uh, Pokemon Go, but with ghost. Ghostbusters characters and Ghostbusters kind of uh, ghosts, I guess. I've not played it myself, but I've heard it's okay. Um, Right, coming to number one. Okay, so number one has to be the most ridiculous out of the lot, guys. It's the pumpkin wrapper from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So um, this character is probably the most infamous and divisive uh, Power Rangers villain of all time. He was introduced in episode 54. Again, this is currently available on Netflix, um, so go give it a watch. Uh, Episode 54 is called Trick or Treat, and again, set on Halloween. Due to the popularity of rap music in the 90s, the producers felt that they needed to be more down with the kids, so they decided to give this villain, this character, for some reason, a rapper and rapping characteristics? Not quite sure why. And again, obviously, with Power Rangers, a lot of the footage is filmed in Japan and then is re-edited and and voiced over and they put their own music on top of it to sell it to the US market. So this is like a previously, you know, an established character in Japan, and they were just like, I don't, I don't know what they called him in Japan, or, or if he had, if he rapped in Japan, I, I, I doubt it. Um, I sincerely doubt it. But yeah, sure. But I, I kind of don't know why they picked the Halloween monster of all the monsters to give the rapping characteristics to, or a pumpkin. There's nothing really about Halloween or pumpkins that that make me think of rap music, you know. So I, I don't really get it. And surely you would, surely you were not a positive, you know, character to be your rap focused have a rap-focused episode. Like, for example, if they had... They introduced a character, like a friend of the Power Rangers who rapped, maybe that would make more sense, but they made the villain, the monster villain. Uh, I think Rita Repulsa or somebody says that he uses raps to confuse people, but they are awful. They are terrible raps. And and that's how the Power Rangers kind of wake him up. Um, they plant the seed. Um, you know, Rita Repulsa's villains kind of plant the seed. Uh, and it grows into this big rotten pumpkin patch. Uh, Tommy investigates. There's a load of putties he fights, um, then leaves it, <laughs> and then he kind of they. Oh, God, it's, it's it's a bizarre kind of episode, but I love it. It's kind of awful, but I love it at the same time. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Kind of the, well, they head over the Power Rangers head over to the pumpkin patch. Then they they have pumpkins appear over their heads, and it starts to suffocate them. Then they fight these pumpkin headed putties. And at that point, they wake up the pumpkin wrapper by giving him a bad rap. And he's like, oh, this rap is so bad. Um, I can't remember the exact rap that he, the rhymes he does. And I kind of don't want to tell you because they're just awful. I think you have to hear them for yourselves. All the while this is going on, this kind of the subplot is that Kimberly's fighting or competing against uh, Skull in a kind of Halloween-themed game show about tricking people or tricking people out of their money or points or something. And yeah, it's quite nineties, I will say that. But it's it's enjoyable nevertheless. It's a bit of fun, and again, it's only like seventeen minutes long, so it's not gonna it's not gonna kill you to watch it. And he does come back. He becomes one of these kind of. Like I said, infamous characters. People love him or they loathe him. Um, he's on 
top five best, you know, Power Rangers lists, uh, villains, and top five worst as well. So it depends how you feel about it. But I kind of, as awful as he is, I kind of enjoy the awfulness about it. Um, it's not, there's not that many, like, I don't watch Power Rangers. I'm not a massive fan of Power Rangers, but this is the one I remember most as a kid. Like, one of the ones I just, you know, there's a there's a few of the characters, the early, the early monsters that I kind of remember more fondly or at all i might need to go back and kind of like do a deep dive of kind of mighty morphin power rangers but um but when this kind of popped up and i was like oh my god yeah of course i remember this one now bizarre absolutely bizarre character bizarre set of um skills uh he's got i mean he's got some cool powers he's got like this vine whip thing he can throw pumpkin bombs he's got the traps he can channel electricity he has like this energy blast as well so he's got some fairly fairly cool abilities but there you go it's one of the more bizarre designs and bizarre kind of antics and personalities and characteristics but again, he's turned up quite a lot in other media, much like Sarwain or Sam Hain. Just so, so many different kind of types and kind of, he's almost like a j- bit of a joke, but he's kind of an enjoyable joke. But that is what it is. But um, but that's it for our list. Um, I hope you enjoyed this, guys. I know I have. I'm just going to throw out a few honourable mentions as well um, before I go. So we've got Jack the Lantern, and that's from Xenoscope's Grim Fairy Tales, so a comic book where that character very much around, based around the the um, Stingy Jack legend that I was talking about earlier. You've got Naoko Karino from the Pumpkin Knight manga. He's a, kind of a serial killer who wears a pumpkin. Uh, Jack O'Lantern three from DC Comics. He's the uh, he's a superhero, but he in this version he's the the only one to. Uh, look like a jack-o'-lantern or have have a, a pumpkin-like visage or costume. Sam, obviously from from Trick or Treat, uh, Trick or Treat from last year. But I was just love that movie. So so good. Cool, really cool horror character as well. Um, one day I hope they're going to make you know a, a decent sequel to that. Uh, fingers crossed they do. Um, I mentioned the headless horseman from Legend of Sleepy Hollow. You've got Sarwain again or Sam Hain or however you want to pronounce it from the Hack slash comic book series you got lord pumpkinhead from the ultraverse comics and mervyn pumpkinhead from the vertigo sandman neil gaiman series all really good all almost made the list Uh, i'm sure there's many more that i haven't mentioned uh please mention them in the comments if you do have any you think of that come to mind i'd love to know um and tell me why i was wrong please tell me why i was wrong i love i love to know when i'm wrong (laughs) but yes as always you know where to find me so on facebook it's at secret balls Twitter, it's da- at Dan underscore balls. Instagram, Spider Dan Secret Balls. And the podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. And there are previews available on YouTube. Um, and if you'd like to donate towards the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Spider Dan and the Secret Balls. And when you interact with us, don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. All right, guys, take care and have a great Halloween.